Hello, everybody. I'm Derek. I'm Blake. I'm Alex. And welcome to One Hour One-Offs. Every episode, we will pit a DM versus a player in an epic duel. The DM must create a one-off campaign designed for a single player that takes one real-life hour to complete. At the end of that hour, no matter what, the session is over, and a winner is determined. We have a rotation of DMs and players, as well as settings and systems set up to keep each episode fresh and exciting. So without further ado, welcome to, to One Hour One Offs. Before we start this episode, we're going to get into the main meat of it in a second here. I just want to give a little bit of a content warning. Um, the show's fairly clearly explicit, has been in the past. We deal with mature themes and stuff. Um, this one, however, gets into some pretty heavy stuff, both emotionally in terms of perception of how certain people are allowed to live their lives based on how they were born and all of those things. Um as well as some gore and some heavy emotional themes just surrounding death and all of that. Um, there there are some opinions of some characters in this episode that are meant to show the corruption and darkness in this setting and not represent the views of me or anyone else uh, that is part of this group. There's nothing that I feel needs to be mentioned specifically um, to, to avoid. But just know that this episode... Oh, yeah, there's also... There's some there's some cursing. Uh, this episode just has that content warning. So if you're listening to this with your kid or whatever, uh, maybe give this one a pass. At least until you listen to it first. Also, I have some very exciting news. We are going to be launching our Patreon soon. Um, I understand that not everybody who listens is going to be able to support us. Um, uh, we, are, we are barely able to support us. Uh, none of us get paid for doing this yet. Um... So, if you are not able to donate, like I said, that is so reasonable. We still love and appreciate you and want you to be listening to the show, but we got some links that you could send out. Um, so, if you're enjoying the show, if it brings you any little bit of joy, uh, please try and share that joy. Support us so that we can make it bigger, make it better, and share it so that other people can listen along and help grow the community we hope to build. But I'm not going to ramble anymore. Let's get to the episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode, what is this, four? Episode four? Yes, sir. I think so. Yeah, episode four of One Hour One-Offs. I will be your DM for this session. I'll be our player. I'm Blake. I'll be your moderator. All right. And um, we are using, this is our rotator slot, as we refer to it. This is not either Star Wars or D&D 5e. This is... Deadlands, which is a weird West uh, cowboy-style uh, RPG that uses regular numeric dice as well as poker chips and playing cards. Um, there is so much mechanics involved with this system that I'm not really going to try and explain them in all that much depth. Um, I'll attempt to keep the nitty-gritty of it out of the episode so that it doesn't distract. But if you do want to know more about the system and how we interact with it, uh, the PDFs are online because this system is from 1999 and is therefore out of copyright. Um, the most important things you need to know is that this does involve an alternate history. Uh, 
the Civil War is ongoing, was never decided. Uh, big mazes, they're referred to, cropped up in the middle of the United States, full of monsters and other weirdness, and have really prevented effective travel between the North and South, which is why the war is still going on. Um, as for interaction with this episode, um, really the biggest thing you need to know is that this takes place on a Sioux reservation. Not how we think of reservations. Uh, instead, the Sioux are still in control of Dakota and I think parts of California. That's not super relevant. Uh, and there are instead reservations on their land for pioneers that they allow to mine and live. Uh, and that is going to be the setting for our little adventure here. Would you like to introduce our protagonist, Derek? All right. So, hi, everybody. I'm Derek. Today I'm playing Benedict Velstrom, who is the son of Gunther and Melinda Velstrom. He's a journalist on the payroll of the Tombstone Epitaph. Uh, that's the only reputable paper in the Weird West. He originally moved out west to investigate the Union Blue Rail's lack of progress, and has since been entangled in the political turmoil of the six companies. He's become decently acquainted with Sue and works out of a ranch in Deadwood. His lodgings are provided by his godfather, Paddy Dubkin. In exchange, Benedict helps out on the ranch. He can't choose his own schedule for when, and matters were further complicated recently when he discovered that Paddy's son, Pawshank, was running opium out of the California Sea Stacks into Sioux Nation territory, uh, using Pawshank's commission as an engineer with the Iron Dragon Company. Valstrom agreed not to report on this a day ago, but at the cost of their friendship. He's looking for a way to leak this story anonymously all the same, uh, both to the press and also to Pawshank's father. Red desert sun creeps up over the cacti, tumbleweeds, and rocks that adorn this landscape. Velstrom, you are disturbed in your sleep but not woken by the chilling cry of a jackalope that has been stalking this entire journey, something putting both you and Pawshank even more on edge than you might have otherwise been, because everybody knows that jackalopes are symbols of bad omen. Right. However, yeah. what mm -hmm. does wake you is Pawshank's scream. Huh, okay, I shoot up my guns right next to my bedroll. I grab it, I slam my 10-gallon hat onto my head, duck out of the tent, look around for Pawshank. Pawshank, where are you? Uh, he, you do not see him around, but his tent is closed. All right, um, okay, I'm going to like walk over to his tent and... I guess, tear open the flap. All right. As you do, you leap back in alarm as a rattlesnake darts past you and out into the desert, quickly slithering into the underbrush. Oh, yoinks. Uh, Pawshank, you in there? Have you been bit? Oh, Velstrom. And start the timer. He's... His voice sounds weaker than normal. His usual rich, deep, southern baritone drawl is pained and strained. I've been bit. Oh, my God. Uh, show, show me the wound. Um, maybe we can suck the venom out of it. He, uh, he 
pulls up his pant leg, and there are two uh, two puncture wounds right in his calf. All right. Uh, may I try to suck the venom out of it? Yes, you may. And this is uh, medicine? This is medicine. Um, it is probably not terribly... Is, does this have a dedicated difficulty? If not, I think I'm going to make it eight. It's fine. I got a ten. Yeah. 1d12. Okay. Yeah. So, you immediately tend to the wound, putting the two of yours history aside for a brief moment when life is on the line. Mm-hmm. And perform the procedure. This leaves only one question. As everybody knows, there are two types of rattlesnakes in the Dakota Weird West. There are rattlesnakes, as we know them, and... There are also whiskey rattlers, they're called, whose bite is much more dangerous, and unless he receives magical aid, will is pretty much screwed. Um, okay. Can I tell what kind of rattlesnake did this, or did I manage to get a good look at the culprit as it escaped? Um, the issue is the markings that distinguish them are on the belly. All right, Pashank, show me your belly. <laughs> Uh, the belly of the snake, just to clarify. <laughs> of course, of course. That's too bad, then. Poshing, yes. did you see the snake's belly? Uh, I, I didn't... I, I did not... I, I don't... No, I, I was just woken by it. Alright, well, I've still got the taste of your leg in my mouth, but I think we should hurry up, get you back to Deadwood, poke around town for one of them spirit healer types. Yeah, that's probably gonna be the only thing that can save me only trouble is you and I both know if that was a whiskey rattler then I'm good as dead not if we find you a really good huckster come on Poshank I still owe your he, dad he grabs your arm for a second as as you lean over him and he looks you in the eyes I'm perturbed I wonder if he feels the same tension that I'm feeling you can't tell. Uh, it seems like his vision is wholly consumed by the pain that he's in right now. God <laughs> damn it, man. We're four hours out of town. If that was a whiskey rattle, I'm dead in one. All right, uh, damn. Okay, I'm going to rack my brain for, like, I don't know, knowledge of any Sioux camps that we would have nearby who might be able to provide aid in time. Um, Is there, like, an outpost? So, um, do you have any knowledge skills? You're a journalist, yes. I assume you have something. I have several knowledge skills, actually. I have knowledge Deadwood region, I have knowledge Sioux Nation region, and I have knowledge uh, Deadwood local. Okay, why don't you use your knowledge Sioux Nation? Um, and I think this is probably difficulty five. This is fairly generic. Okay. And I got a six. Okay. So you know that there is... Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, you know that there isn't. Um, it's. It seems to be that... So basically, if you don't make it to town in four or five hours, he's dead probably regardless of what the bite is. Okay, if it's a whiskey okay. rattler, you don't know whether or not he has a chance even. 
Can I slow this process with a tourniquet? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to look Pashink in the eye and say, all right, we're going to need to apply a tourniquet. He, uh, he just kind of further hikes up his pant leg and looks away. All right. Uh, I'm going to take my knife and, like, cut that pant leg off of him, like, slide mm-hmm. it off the leg, wrap yeah, it You around. can tell the, the flesh on his, his thigh is already starting to swell up where, so it's actually, like, difficult to cut the, the pant leg away where it's... Yikes. Starting to get stretched. Yeah, I'll tie up, tie it as high up as I can reasonably get it. You know, grab is it a big above stick. or below the knee? Above the knee. Okay. Yeah, grab a big stick, like shove it in there, give it a few twists, or many twists. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tie yeah. It he's off. like, so you push the stick in, and he's he already lets out like a little groan of pain, and by the time you've done like the few twists, he's uh, you look over and see he's biting on his belt. Damn. I'm sorry, Poshank. All right. He uh, he uh-huh. actually. So you say I'm sorry, Poshank. Mm-hmm. He spits. We both know that ain't true. Hmm. Right. I'm sorry it happened to someone, but I'm less sorry because it happened to you. Anyways, I tie off the tourniquet. Tourniquet. I look around for our horses. I try and strap him into his with the rope that I have in my pack. Okay. Um. Yeah. The horses are nervous. They have been ever since they were able to smell the jackalope, but you are able to get him, like, tied into the saddle to the... So he won't fall out, you know? Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to, like, affix his horse's lead to mine. Mm-hmm. Mount, uh, mount up. I'm not going to bother breaking camp. And Makes I am, yeah, going to gallop off in the direction of Deadwood. All right. Yeah, he's shaking around in the uh, in the back of the um, not the back. He's he's shaking around in his shadow a little, kind of slumping. He seems to be waking up a little more as time goes on, though. And eventually, he's able to muster enough strength to actually take the reins. Okay. Yeah. So we're galloping down the trail towards Deadwood then. Um, I'm scanning the horizon for any signs of the jackalope. Have we been hearing it since? Uh, you haven't heard it since the morning, but you're confident it's not too far off. Uh, also, mechanically, the jackalope gives you the bad luck uh, impediment. So anytime you go, anytime you go bust while it's around, the absolute worst possible thing happens. Yep. <laughs> that is unfortunate. Yeah, it's so like I said, Velstrom or not Velstrom, Pawshank is he's he's riding on his own now and he's pulled up next to your horse. He's clearly sweating though, and the pressure he's having to put on his leg to uh to stay in the saddle is not doing him any favors. Mm, all right. Damn, I don't have any alcohol on me, or I'd have been offering him a swig. Actually, yeah, he he's probably he probably pulls up alongside you. There's there's a long period of silence, and he turns to you. Got any whiskey? Nope. And I just keep galloping. It's a damn shame. Yeah. You just so you just proceed in silence. Uh, hmm. Well, I'll turn to him and be like, "So, uh, Pashing, if you do die, I can break the opium story, right?" He looks at you 
with... So, every time you two have discussed this, it has been fiery. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it took a lot to drive a wedge between the two of you. You were fast friends, uh, which is something rare in the Weird West. You know, trust is trust is rare. And for the first time, you see sadness, not anger. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I, if I'm dead and gone, there's no... Nothing left in my reputation to save, so might as well tell the story. Of course, of course. I'll tell your dad you were coerced. I goddamn right I was. Coerced by every, by, you know, it all started with, uh... It all started with that goddamn Macaulay. Macaulay? You would probably know Makawi, um, M-A-C-A-W-I. Um, okay. He is the basically the town drunk, a former member of the Sioux Nation. He was uh, evicted from their tribe for unknown reasons and has since become somewhat of a vagrant in uh, Deadwood. Huh. All right, I'm going to ask him, what does Makawi have to do with this? He chokes back, not tears, but emotion in his voice. He killed Sue. Oh, All also, right. sorry, she. Makawi is female. I, I keep forgetting. Uh, okay. She killed Sue, and Sue uh, was his dog. Mm, I see. I always wondered what had happened to her. Found her cooking her over a fire in a pit I I saw red ain't nothing been the same since in all the time I've known you I, I'd have thought you to be the sort of man to shoot Makawi right there I wanted to lord knows I wanted to but I don't know something came over me I would have I would have shot her, that's, that's true, but instead I thought to myself, why not do something better? better why not huh? spread poison among her whole people? And that's why you've been running opium into the Sioux Nation. Well, I figure. He looks down at his leg, which is further swelling, and you're starting to see some like angry red lines spread out from the point of his uh from the point of the bite oof sepsis uh yeah you would know that that is not sepsis it's actually uh tissue internal tissue destruction from the snake venom unfortunate um hmm. is there a chance of a better outcome if we just amputate and like cauterize right Ooh. here out in the west <laughs> interesting i mean i think if you're so there will come a point where it is clear whether it is not whether or not it's a whiskey rattler um he'll start to develop certain symptoms around the bite mm-hmm. and at that point you might want to consider it because he's dead anyway um but it's not much less of a death sentence to unsterily cut someone's leg off in the middle of a desert mm. well we can always set up a fire you know and like run it over our blades. That's true. 
Like, would it improve his outcome if we amputated it now and it was, in mm. fact, a whiskey I battler? Think, I think you would just have to make that call. All right, I'm going to turn to Poshank and say, hey, I think we should cut your leg off. Poshank's eyes go wide. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh... For a second, he looks like he's gonna, like, uh, he's gonna giddy up his horse and, like, try and run. Um, <laughs> but he, he pauses and shakes his head. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, I pull over then to the side of the trail, and I get a fire started with my tinderbox, and, hmm. Can we find much dead brush around here? I think you're going to have to help Pa Shank get off the horse. All right. Do I need to roll for this or can I just walk over and like sling him? No, over? but you just notice you've been like setting all this stuff up and you notice he's still sitting on the horse. Oh, shoot. All right. Yeah, I'm going to like look up and be like, ah, shoot, Pa Shank. Uh, let me give you a hand here and I'm going to help him out of the saddle and like lay him on the ground. Yeah, he goes to object, but pretty quickly realizes that, yeah, he is actually going to need your help, and and accepts it. All right, I leave Poshink on the ground, and then I look around for stuff to build my sanitation fire with. While you are looking around, you hear a cry of alarm from Poshank, and a bullet rings out. Oh, shoot. Okay, uh, I am going to stop looking for brush. I'm going to stand up. How far am I from where Poshank is? Um, I imagine not far, because you are probably actually already aware of what's happening. Um, jackalopes are like vultures. They aren't strong enough to kill things, and instead rely on their bad luck aura to put their victims in a vulnerable state before they can rip out their throat. And this jackalope has just attempted to charge and kill Pawshank on the ground. Yeah, I spin around, draw my cult peacemaker. Yeah, vamoose on over back to camp. Yeah, you see the uh, you see the antlers and white tail disappearing into some brush. Oh, is it like thick brush or is it like one bush? Uh, it's it's like one of those standalone twiggy bushes, but the jackalope is weirdly capable of hiding in it. It's not like invisible, but it's more difficult to see than you'd expect. Um. Okay, I'm gonna. Keep a bead drawn on the bush and bustle over to Poshank's side. Uh, Poshank, did it get you? Goddamn some bitch rabbit coming out here trying to rip my throat out. I'll show him what's for. And he's got his, he's got one shaky hand on his pistol pointed at the bush as well. And his other one is fumbling for where, you know, he keeps his deck of magical cards in his pocket. All right, I'm going to help him and take that deck out and like slap it on the ground within hand's distance. Mm-hmm. Now, the only issue there is that magic does take strength. You don't know whether he's actually going to be able to use those cards. Mm. If he wants to try, I'm going to let him. I don't know much about huckster magic out in the weird That's west. Fair. That's fair. It's probably not super common up in the north. Mm -hmm. Oof. Okay, so... Now it becomes looking for twigs and then amputating with a jackalope right there it's is it still in the like solitary bush um you'd probably have to roll uh you'd probably have to roll something to properly determine its location all right 
Um, I'm willing to either scrutinize it or... Hmm. I, I think you can... Whatever you want to use, if you can justify it, is fine by me. All right, I'm going to scrutinize that bush. Okay. Um, let me take a look. So this is going to be versus the jackalopes. Um... Hmm. Sneak? Yeah, that makes sense. So that's versus 2d4. Heh. Yeah, out of my 2d12, I produced a 10. Highest. All right, let me find 2d4 in my little... You're gonna need to explode twice, my guy. Jackalope proceeds to triple explode. What do you say? You'd need Ch one. Jackalope proceeds to triple explode. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's way more possible on d4s. It's true, it's true. Uh, nope, two twos. Huh, all right, what do I see? Uh, yeah, the jackalope is still in that bush, but it is standing, like perfectly stock still and its fur is kind of blended into the sand behind it and its antlers are kind of looking like uh branches all right i'm gonna try and kill it right here right now and i'm gonna tell this to poshing too we're gonna take okay. that some bitch down all right before you even roll he is going to roll a smarts roll and if he succeeds uh you miss automatically okay yep five over three so you can roll this attack if you want but you're gonna miss can we do like are we going into combat action deck and everything or are we nope. still no 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 no, no. this jack jackalopes are very like timidly cowardly creatures all right um then i shoot so, and i miss yeah you shoot and it seems like the bullet should have passed like, directly through the rabbit's head, and it just kind of twitched to the side with that little, like, vermin... You know that, like, little vermin attention twitch they do? Mm hmm It does one of those, and the bullet just, like, pew, right past it. Okay. Hmm. But it's still in the bush? It is still in the bush. It has not moved. Okay, I'm just gonna shoot again. Okay. Does it get another smart check? Yep, and it succeeds. Okay. Uh, this time, I think it is going to run away to a further bush when you do it. Oh. Okay. So I will say, uh, mechanically, how the jackalope works is it basically has a 50% chance to avoid every attack. It has 1d6 smarts and are on, on four or higher it. You just miss. Very rude, very rude. Uh, huh. Well, both my peacemakers are out of ammo, so I'm going to spend two actions reloading them. <laughs> are they then, single shots? Yeah, they're both single oh. action, single shot revolvers. Well, so if they're revolvers, each of them has six shots. Huh, good point. They're single action, which means you need to cock the hang hammer back every time. Yeah, it's and definitely a single reload. shot. Okay, it's single shot, not a revolver. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense then. Um, so yeah, what do you do? Um, okay, I'm just going to take that bush, the closest bush, so I can keep okay. an eye on the jackalope and an eye. So so you keep yourself in between Poshank and the jackalope? Yeah, I just set this bush on fire with my tinderbox. 
Okay, yeah, that's very easy. It's basically a tinder bush. All right, yeah, and then I'm gonna. Actually, this is this is a somewhat biblical scene right here. So you're standing in front of this uh, this burning bush, being yeah. a human barrier between your friend who you don't particularly like and uh, the forces of death and nature. Yeah, I'm just waiting for my commandments. But while I do that, I'm going to run my machete through the flame. And I'm sure. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. How long? How long do you leave it? I'm not going to give you like a time penalty for it, but like how much of a burning does this take? Uh, oof. I'm just going to like leave it there for a minute, you know, and I'm like passing yeah. my blade in and out to yeah, get so that it's not, nice even heat. It's got, it's not quite like red hot, but it's, it's like when you can tell metals about to be red hot, you know, like heat's rippling around it, even against the desert. Exactly, and like there's there's like a slight, it's like slightly lighter colored, you know. It's got a little bit of a, little bit of that. So yeah, it it is very uh, very hot. All right, I'm gonna walk on over to Poshink and I'm gonna tell him to bite his belt. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's roll a medicine check. Okay. Or is is that what it's called? And my right. medicine is a 1b12. And I... <laughs> I was gonna say, this is probably pretty hard, too. Let me let me think of the difficulty before you tell me the result. You don't need to think of the difficulty, oh, because no. you already have one bust. Oh, no! Okay. And the jackalope's right there. The jackalope's right there, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, you... are able to cut through his leg at the knee... So thankfully, this wound is below the knee, so you have a joint you can amputate at, which is always ideal. Um, mm -hmm. I imagine, so you're not super trained in medicine, but you have, like, followed doctors for uh, for research and stuff before, and so you know something about how all this works. Yep, so, you know, you, you get the knee on its side, you, you try and find the gap between the bones, you raise up, you swing down, and cut through his knee in one slice. Uh, you then take the hot edge of the blade, you quickly like re-sterilize uh, and reheat it in the bush and then go and cauterize. And it's only after you finish cauterizing it and further hike his pant leg up his, um, up his calf that you notice the poison has already progressed past the knee. Okay. So you you have amputated his leg, but he still has rattlesnake venom in him. Oof. Okay. Hopefully, there's at least less. That's that's all we can do for now. We're gonna yeah. take Poshank, sling him back take into a, the cell. Fair enough. You take a look at it, and uh, you can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna say you can't tell really, like whether or not that's a potentially lethal amount of rattlesnake venom or not. That's not the sort of thing you would be able to. Nope. No. I don't know that much. Yeah. Uh, I will say Pawshank is in shock now. Uh, unless you have some pretty powerful painkillers, that's a lot to deal with. I'm just a journalist. I have yeah. no painkillers. Yeah, he does not scream, and you're pretty sure that's a bad thing. Like, you, you cut his leg, and he just passed out. Okay. Um... 
Alright, I'm gonna take Poshink and like strap him into my horse, and then I'm gonna like get onto the horse, like in behind him. Yeah. So, oh, so, so you're you're both riding the same horse? Yeah, I'm kind of just spooning his unconscious yeah, body yeah, yeah. so it doesn't like fall off behind me, you know? And okay. I am going to double time it on the horse back towards Deadwood. Yeah, you're not, you're effectively sim single timing it because it's twice as hard work for the horse to carry two people. Um, but regardless, you are still able to uh, to make it. And actually, no, 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 you can push the horse harder because now you have two horses and you can switch horses. Oh, nice. Excellent. So, so if the math the math all works itself out, and you are, in fact, double-timing. <laughs> Fun. Um, okay, do we make it to town? I was going to say, actually, so it's... You're you're quite a ways out of town, and it is probably... It, it's a good chunk of time before uh, you start to notice that Poshank is kind of talking in his sleep a little. All right. He's... Uh -huh mumbling a name. What's the name? It sounds like Makawi at first. Um, but as you listen, you realize he's saying Maka, not Makawi. And it's not long after his voice becomes clear enough to actually make out that he and jolts himself awake. Oh, oh, and he looks around, and he looks down at the arms wrapped around him. M-Macaw, he says? No, it's not your boyfriend. It's me. What? No, he... I... I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you don't. Uh, Alright, we're just diving back to town now. What's up? He yanks hard on the horse's reins, actually. And the horse, uh, the horse rears. Whoa, Can you make me a roll to not fall off? All right, I'm going to call that horse ride a nimbleness. Absolutely. Uh, difficulty five. All right. He's not I've hard got... enough to, like, re... He's not strong enough to really yank on the reins right mm -hmm. now. I've got that 2d6, and my six is going to explode. So I'm okay. going to roll that again. And I've got a ten overall, so that's one raise. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say... That not only do you not fall off, but he also does not fall off. Um, nice. And you, so instead of, like, the horse rears back, but you're able to do the thing where you, like, kind of spin the horse around as you do it. So the horse just kind of goes up and turns around and and Oops. is now facing the other way, yeah. Right. Um, I'm going to complete that 180 and nudge us back towards town again, get us going at a slower pace and be like, yo, Poshank, we need to get to town. I told you, uh, he, he, he spits off the, uh, the side of the horse. I don't have no boyfriend. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So who's Macaw then? His face, he goes kind of pale. You can tell from even the back that his face is pale. Macaw, I, Macaw ain't nobody. I was talking about Macaui. Don't think so. I, I, th I think you're, you have... Wait, first of all, I want to clarify that Valstrom has nothing against gay people. I, w oh, I wanted sure. to make, like, a Brokeback Mountain reference, but that's probably not a thing yet. No, because movies aren't a thing. All right. Hmm. I, I have no judgment if you've got a man in your life, Poshank. 
You should tell me about Macaw so I can let them know what happens if you, you know, bite it. He... Yeah, he pauses for a long time. You stay away from Macaw. He's dangerous. How so? He's a... A sorcerer. Mm, yeah. Cast a spell on your heart, huh? I was cursed. Cursed? Bewitched. Sullied. I was damned by that witch. God doesn't actually hate gays, you know? Who the hell are you? To be telling me what God wants. Are, is, is Velstrom atheist? Is Velstrom religious? Uh, Velstrom, like, went to Sunday school back in the Union and, like, attends church for the, like, big holidays. Easter, Christmas, and so on. Okay. But, so, effectively a race, uh, an atheist in today's context of religion. Mm-hmm. You ain't know the Lord like I do, he says. I felt his love, and I know I'm no longer in it. Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. So, so who is Macaw? Does he help you with the opium? I told you. Macawi's the one who started me on the opium. I don't, don't want to... I don't want to hear nothing about Macaw. Can I scrutinize that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this... Interesting. I kind of want to... I kind of want to... I think this is going to be opposed. Okay. So I think this is going to be scrutinize versus... Is there, like, what's the equivalent of, like, Bluff? willpower? Bluff, yeah. Um, I think... I think Pawshank's probably got a pretty good bluff he's a he's a grifter and a huckster right so law lying is something he does i think that's probably 3d12 mm -hmm. all right uh and we're both aiming for five so modifier of five okay oh goodness loose dice I actually have I actually have no idea where that went, so I'm just gonna re-roll one of these. <laughs> <laughs> Rip your dice. Alright, I uh I did not succeed. Really? I rolled two D12s and got fives on both. Interesting. I got uh two fours and a one. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear it. I don't know but what that third one was. But... Alright, tell me what's up with Macaw and Macawi and Poshank. So I will say, yeah, so what you get out of that what did what did he actually say it was uh it was macaulay that about... got him started on the opium and macaulay yeah you're to... so mm -hmm. i'm gonna say that you you identify that that that's a lie that macaulay is not the reason he got into the opium hmm okay I, i'm gonna call him out then like hey i can tell you're not just shaking from the venom mr liar pants what's up with the opium I told you, it's revenge. 
And that that does ring true, for what it's worth. Revenge for what, though? Hmm? Because it sure as heck wasn't Macaulay eating Sue. Y yeah, it was. But there's no real conviction there. Oh. And he, he kind of grumbles into silence for a second. All right, I give him his second. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think, I think that it is right around now that you come across the jackalope just sitting in the center of your path. Mm. It sits there and scratches the base of one of its antlers with one of its powerful hind legs. It's very suspicious that it's this out in the open. Most people don't see right. a jackalope. They just hear it and then die. Like, if it revealed itself to me, that would mean I was also in danger, right? Pretty much guaranteed, yes. Mm. I'm going to look around for dangerous things. Yeah. And... Why don't you roll me scrutinize? Just versus this. This is probably five. These things are these things are a little sneaky. No, let's make it eight because you're really good at scrutinizing and okay. they are very my, sneaky. My my d12 popped off and I got 12, 12, 7. Oh, nice. So you got twenty thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Damn! Holy shit! Yeah, you know the you know exactly what's going on. Um you see some flashes of orange the rustling of bushes and tumbleweeds thankfully not tumblebleeds um yeah i do the sign and, of the cross yeah and realize that there is a small pack of foxes circling your uh your horse now okay were they just like banding against like the red orange earth till now uh, yeah, and they're very, uh, they're very, like, low to the ground and slinking kind of thing. And, you know, before you weren't necessarily paying that close attention to the ground around you as much as Pawshank and the road. Okay. Hmm. I think this one is roll initiative for what it's worth. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a plus two, though, because you spotted them all. Thanks. All right, so, like, plus two cards, or, like, plus two to my 2d12? Keep uh, plus one. two to your 2d12, keep highest one. All right. And we roll speed, right? Or it's, uh... It's quickness against quickness. five. Quickness. Uh, the foxes are just going to be treated as a single entity, by the way. I'm not going to roll for all of them. Okay. All right. All right. My highest was a six. They draw two cards. What yeah. about you? I've also drawn two with a modifier. Unfortunate. All right. Do you want to draw three uh, chips for each of us, Blake? Yes. So chips are kind of like destiny points from Star Wars. They let us. They're they're usable by either of us for just bonuses. 
Does it need to be randomized or just free chips for each of you? Uh, randomized would be ideal. Actually, wait, Derek, you have to do it, don't you? Uh, yeah, I have a macro for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three chips macro. for me is white, red, red, and three chips for you is red, white, red. I was hoping for triple blue. <laughs> All right. So how initiative works on this is you draw cards out of your deck and then you use actions in the order of numerical rank of those cards. So we're going to we're going to cut out the determining of initiative order because it can be long and tedious. All right. The queen of diamonds is going to let me act now. So I'm going to draw my first peacemaker and point it into the pack of foxes. How far are they from me? Um, They're probably like probably like six feet away from the bottom of your horse so like eight feet by diagonal okay just difficulty of five let's not worry about the the range bands of course and i am going to connect zero raises and my pistol okay. does 13 damage oh <laughs> um so they take four wounds oh it's a bad day to be a fo well it yeah. just threads the needle through four foxes i guess <laughs> <laughs> no i'm gonna say i'm gonna say did i say how many foxes there were nope i'm gonna say there are four foxes and that kills one okay i will accept it yeah, so, well, actually, that fox probably doesn't die. It takes five wounds to kill it, but you hear a yelp of pain that uh, kind of Doppler effects into the night. Doppler Not into the effects. night. It, it just, so, like, you so hear it getting quiet the away. Fox and the yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, fades off into the, it fades off into the distance. All right. One fox has fled. Here. Okay. All right. All right. So 10 of spades trumps 10 of hearts, which means it is Velstrom before the next fox. All right, I'm going to take my second and last peacemaker and <laughs> fire into the crowd once more. All right. And I miss with this one. Ooh, yeah. So whizzes. the foxes are small targets moving relatively quickly. And I guess you are on horseback, so we should have been accounting for that. But you're not moving, so I don't know if we need to. No, there's no way I could land a shot if we were moving. I'm just sitting on top of my horse. All right, sounds good. Um, one of them is going to come up and bite at your horse's ankles. Um, Highly rude. Very. So this uses its fighting, which is 2d6 versus 5, and gets plus 2 because... Hey, so it hits with no raises and deals, um, yeah, it's going to use its teeth, which deals 1d6 plus 1d4. So do we know what what size horses are off the top of our heads? I certainly don't. I'd say, I'm going to say, like, eight? Uh, it's size 10, profile typical oh. horse. Okay, cool. Um, and you always round down, right? Yeah. Okay, so this uh, fox deals zero wounds to that horse. All right. And the horse is Vigor. Ew, everything's abbreviated in this table. Yeah, uh, rough. Right? Um, yeah, dealt eight damage, so no wounds. 
Yep. And the horse has a 2d10 vigor. So, yeah. And for wind damage, it's going to take 1d6 <laughs> explode. And this d6 popped off, and my horse just took 16 wind damage. <laughs> Holy Christ, yeah. So the, uh, the fox is unable to, like, deal actual damage to the horse, but it does, like, spook it. Yeah. And, and it's, like, kind of dancing in a circle. Yeah, my horse goes from 0 to 100 stress instantly, actually, because it's got 14 wind. So it just shuts oh, down. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So your horse is actually so badly spooked by these foxes and the presence of the jackalope, because it affects the animal as well. Um, right. That its eyes start, like, rolling in its head, it starts bucking, and you realize before too long that the horse, like, if you stay on its back, the horse might be the most dangerous part of the situation. All right, I'm going to, like, try and... Hmm. I guess it would be an action, right? Yeah, I have no actions, so I'm just on the bucking horse for now. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you kind of try and dive off for free. If you want to try and regain control of it, that would be an action, though. No, I. I want to just get Poshink. God, is it okay? I have to judge whether it's better for Poshink to stay on the horse or to be exposed to three foxes. I think definitely the three foxes. All right, yeah, I'm going to yank Poshank out of the saddle and try and, like, plop him as gently as possible onto the ground. Um, I'm going to make you roll for this simply because of the jackalope effect, and if you go bust, this could go very poorly. Okay, so, so this like, is deafness. nimbleness. Oh, nimbleness. All right. Just raw nimbleness? Just raw nimbleness. Nice. I've got a 46 to that. Nice. And this and is And none this of them explode, and I produce a 3. Oh, no! Oh, no! Um, so I'm gonna say that you take a single wound to your legs. Alright, is Poshink doing okay? My leg is wounded. Um, oh, I- my leg. I will say you can take a second wound to prevent Poshink from taking a wound. Sure, I'll upgrade that to a major wound to my leg. Alright, yeah, so you twist your ankle. Yeah, we're leg bros now. <laughs> we're leg bros. <laughs> right. How are we doing on time? Um, sixteen minutes left. Okay. Yeah, the bucking and and so there is one slight advantage to this: the bucking and wild horse tramples a second fox to death, and the other two slink off. And you look up, and the jackalope is no longer directly in the center of the road either. Excellent. Um, Alright, I'm gonna try and calm this horse down. Um, yeah, you're gonna need to give it, at the very least, some time to cool off. Like, you're worried about trying to approach it right now. Mm, okay, so it's just time if I want to let this horse calm down? Uh, well, and you do have other things you could do. I have Washing. another horse! That is also true. I forgot about that, but also Poshank is uh, just kind of laying on the ground right now with an amputated leg. That's true. I pick up Poshank and I strap him into the other horse, and by the time that process is you, done, I look back so at this horse. You notice something as you go to pick him up. The red lines that you noticed uh, creeping above the knee, evidence of the snake venom extending above the knee, have turned black and are now, like, deep-rotted 
lines in his flesh, basically. Mm. This is a whiskey rattler. Oh no, Pawshank, Pawshank. it's a whiskey is, rattler. Yeah, Pawshank is going to die. Is there, any, like, do I just know this? It's hopeless? I, I no magic. don't think there is anything you know of that you can do. Like, do I know that even if I find him, like, Deadwood's best huckster healer in time, he's still dead? If the huckster healer was here, he might live. But if I, like, ride back as there's fast just, as possible... There's just no time, yeah. You're hours away, and he has minutes left kind of thing. Okay. Thirteen, to be accurate. Thirteen, to be accurate. Okay. I'm gonna... Okay, let's see. Is he So I, I imagine you notice... He's he's fairly responsive. You notice this, and I imagine you've just been kind of taking a moment to collect yourself. Okay, Um. does Poshink notice this? Like, is Poshink aware that Poshink is I don't dead? think so. No. Alright. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, load him back into the saddle and be like, Alright. Hey, Poshink, let's, let's talk about Macaw. And about opium. Yeah, he he looks down at you from the saddle. Told you I didn't want to talk. I know, I know. But I, like, so I don't get in the horse, too. I just, like, leave him up there so he can feel like he has the advantage and all that. Right? Mm, yeah. And, like, listen, Poshank, you're not gonna make it. It was a whiskey rattler, and you are a goner. And I was he, hoping... Uh-huh. He reaches up and takes his hat off and kind of puts it on his chest for a minute. Yes, I reach up and I take the hat and I put it on my chest for a minute as well. You both stand there for a moment. There's a huge awareness from both of you of the loss of your friendship in this moment. Mm. And... You know, he he shakes his head and puts it up. <sighs> you goddamn right, then. I'm a dead man. <sighs> he kind of groans in pain and grasps at his leg where, like, the first chunk of necrotic flesh has started to actually, like, separate from his leg. I feel the flames already. I know where I'm bound. <sighs> Just leave You me. can change it, I'm sure. Since you're dead already, you might as well come Nothing clean. Can change what I'd done. I come clean already. I talked to the reverend. The reverend looked, he, he looked so sad. He told me he'd lost another sheep to the wolves. I thought he'd meant I'd been taken by a wolf, but I guess I just never really was a sheep. I never mm. belonged in God's light. I was weak. I fell so easily. Listen, the reverend's gonna do all that he can or your soul. But I want to do all that I can. The Reverend for told me else. I was damned. Mm. Well, maybe we can change that if you tell me what really happened. I promise that I'll dedicate the rest of my time here trying to set whatever you did wrong to rights. I swear it honored the friendship that we had. Ah. Uh. Can I do persuasion? Um, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Let's let's just keep talking for now. Okay. Mm, you goddamn right. I guess this is some sort of a confessional. I ain't gonna live to hear these words repeated. Yeah, I'll All just right, not. Yeah. I never... I only made one mistake that brought me from God's light. The opium, that? all that, that's a holy crusade. I the Sioux, they chose opium. I never chose Macaw. First time I saw him, he was dancing. I was drunk. Wandered my way off the reservation like I'm known to. And this is definitely something Pawshank is known to do is wake up drunk yes states over you know he's kind of legendary for his benders um Mm -hmm. i saw him dancing in the moonlight i don't know what it was but he was he was beautiful the way they say women are supposed to be something came over me he must have been performing some right a ritual and I was compelled I was overtaken after that I there I went to the reverend you know how that went he told me he told me I was lost and God damn it, if I'm going to hell, I'm going to take every last one of them I can with me. Hmm. I see. So, how is Macaw connected to the opium, then? It was... It was the best way I could think of. Make them choose their own damnation. I see. Hmm. Alright, in like Valstrom's mind, he's like setting his next journalistic crusade to be against like fire and brimstone preachers of the era. Mm. But oof. Alright. Is there anything more that you wanted to say? Posh, I didn't I wanna say this, he says. Ain't nothing left to do though. Hmm. Alright. Well, the way I see it, I can leave you in that saddle, and you can die of whiskey rattlesnake, or I could shoot you, or you could shoot you, and I'm gonna, like, offer the grip of one of my peacemakers reloaded quietly post-combat. Yeah, I think he's going to look at you. I can't. I told you I was weak. I don't want the pain, though, either. I know. Listen, I know you hate me. I know you don't believe in 
things I've said, and God, I just wish there was... I wish things were different. Me too. Can, can you do this for me? Of course. And I'll, like, take my gun, like, level it at his forehead. And... Before you pull mm -hmm. the trigger... Yeah. Can you forgive me? Of course. He nods. Hmm. Oh. Okay. I got a four on my bluff check. Anyways. Oh! I shoot him right there. Wow, you were lying? Hmm. I think Volstrom understands. He's, he's dead now, I will yeah. say. You shoot him, he falls out of the saddle. Do you yeah. bury him? Uh, hmm. Now I'll take the body back to town so, like, there's no suspicion on myself, and also so that, like, Patty Dub Okay, can, yeah, can yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you bring him back to be buried. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're only a few hours out of town, and he's. he's. That, that's relatively easy. Um, I don't think we need to play that out, but mm -hmm. I will say that there is a. Yeah, we see we see we see Velstrom ride into town with the one-legged corpse slung over the back of the horse, and just you know, there's the there's the classic. You know what? This is even sadder for the rest of the people. They don't know about the falling out. Yeah. It was So like, ev everyone just sees you recent. riding back with the corpse of your best friend. And there's just Yeah, we th we see people take their hats off and hold them on their chest as you pass through the streets, and as you reach his father's house, it pans out and out and out and you just hear the cry of emotional pain ringing out. Cut to black. Definitely tune in for the post show for this one, guys. This is yes. Yes. the end of the episode, but I have so much that I want to talk about. Um, yes. Okay. And up next, if I am remembering correctly, I think we will have Blake DMing Star Wars with me as the player. Thank you all for joining. Um, as always, it's been a joy to have you. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Now, before you tune out, I just want to give a huge thank you to every member of this team that makes this podcast possible. Derek and Blake, my co-DMs, I couldn't do it without you. You're there with me every Monday, recording, chatting, doing our thing. It's great. It means the world. Uh, Casey A. Hearn, you, I mean, you know how much you mean to me in this project. Uh, Casey is our community manager. Anytime you see uh, a post from our Twitter or Instagram, follow us at one hour one offs on both sites. Um, anything like that, that is all her work. She is very much the face of our project on anything that is not Derek Blake and I talking into a microphone. Um, Lyrica Yanaway is our editor. She's the one that processes our raw audio. Uh, as well as managing our schedule. She's also kind of our stage manager. She manages the schedule. She 
gets everything in order, makes sure the ship is sailing smoothly, and of course, Dana Bolger, our audio engineer and sound designer, you are the only reason that we are not just three idiots rolling some dice, and instead you help bring us into a fleshed out and creative canvas that we can paint. So thank you all, and of course, thank you to you, the fans, the listeners, anybody who tunes in week after week and uh, helps let us know that we're actually getting something done with this. Thank you. <laughs>